Welcome back once again, everybody. It's May 4th. Uh, happy Star Wars Day. I'm Don Seifert. This is the Dr. Tree Fruit and Don podcast, and this is our second fruit bite. I'm here with Carrie Peter. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. Carrie, I know you have updates from yourself, uh, Dr. Krawcheck, and Dr. Shoot. I've got quite a bit to cover, and I'll try to do it in a timely fashion. So first, on the disease front, two things you need to be worrying about this week are fire blight and apple scab. So first, let's talk about fire blight. For those, so I've been monitoring the conditions pretty closely. So let's let's quickly review what are the criteria that calculates the risk, particularly if you're using the Mary Blight bot model or following the EIP or epiphytic infection potential. So there's four criteria that need to be met, and it needs to be met in this order. The flowers must be open with the petals intact an accumulation of at least 198 degree hours above 65 degrees Fahrenheit, a wedding event such as dew or rain, and an average daily temperature of 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So we've been sort of over this week hovering on the edge of this. Um, I've been inputting my weather data into the Mary Blight software, which is on my desktop computer at FREC. And so I've been putting in the, the temperatures that are being registered by our weather station and also using weather underground. And based on that data, what I'm seeing is a high risk or even borderline infection risk, depending if the high temperatures are met for today and tomorrow. So the epiphytic infection potential is going to be over 100. So even though that is considered on the lower side, but it is enough to worry about because there is a, a very high chance for blossom blight infection. Now, to make matters confusing, if you're using NUA, you will not see those numbers on the NUA website, at least if you're using any of the Biglerville sites. And over the last two days, have not quite gotten to the bottom of that discrepancy of why I see what I see in Mary Blight and why I see what I see on NUA. But suffice it to say, everyone who's in charge with NUA knows about this. So we're trying to get to the bottom of this. But I'm erring on the side of calling it a risk, a fire blight risk today and tomorrow. And so considering we do have a high history of fire blight in our region throughout Pennsylvania, we're in bloom, we're in this crazy protracted period. It is warm and the warmth is really the big driver here is that the, the warmer the temperature, the higher the average degrees and the average temperature. Uh, and that's really what that bacteria likes. So what should you be doing right now if your trees are in bloom? Well, spraying streptomycin works. So spraying the streptomycin to kill whatever bacteria is in those open flowers. You can also tank mix with ActiGuard at one to two ounces per acre, or you could throw in LifeGuard into that streptomycin spray, or you can add Vasaplant. So we're, it's not an extreme risk, sort of a moderate risk. So LifeGuard and Vasaplant will do a decent job for boosting those plant defenses like ActiGuard does, and they're a smidge cheaper than ActiGuard. So if you want to give yourself a bit of buffer, there are those options of tank mixing a plant defense elicitor like ActiGuard, LifeGuard, or Vasaplant with your streptomycin. Thinking about the future, as far as what comes next week and the week after, we're seeing warmer temperatures and temperatures that are really going to coincide with decent fire blight conditions. So you may want to consider tank mixing something like Apogee or Kudos, the prohexadione calcium, into your streptomycin spray now in order to limit shoot blight in the coming weeks. So if something falls through the cracks, you can at least sort of shut things down 
um, do your best to shut things down later on. Because what Apogee or Kudos is doing is that it's thickening the cell walls, plant cell walls, and the bacteria are unable to penetrate that easily, much like uh, young growing shoots that don't have thickened cell walls. So again, be on alert today and tomorrow for fire blight conditions. Uh, now going to apple scab, based on the amount of rain and the forecast that we're experiencing is that it is a week-long apple scab event. There may be some dry periods, but let's just call this an apple scab infection event from May 1st through May 7th. Now we are in on the latter half of the peak period for apple scab spores. And what that means is that the maximum number of available mature spores in those overwintering leaves will be releasing combined with the great disease environmental disease conditions we have, we have the max amount of pressure. So frac group sevens are the fungicides you want to be focusing on right now. That's your excalium, miravis, aprovia, fontellus, the premixed products that have a seven in it, like Luna Tranquility, Maravon, Luna Sensation. Uh, those are the frac sevens that you want to be focusing on. Tank mix with a broad spectrum fungicide like your rain fast mancozeb, which will pay off in spades this week based on how much rain we're getting. Um, and then, but if you're having to apply more fungicides based on the amount of rain, rotate with a frac three or frac nine. So that's your Inspire Super or Vanguard. Um, you can also frac three or frac nine, I should say. Um, that's also your Sevia as well and other frac threes that are out there. Now, I just want to say a real quick note for those of using those of you who are using alternate row middle sprays right now, I won't chastise you for it, but I do need to make you aware that this is a week where you are going to be tested just how well that alternate row middle spray may have worked because it's pretty much been raining on a regular basis. So if you have half your trees naked, during this infection period, that mean that half of the tree is vulnerable. We don't, we aren't experiencing any lengthy dry periods here. Uh, so if you see scab pop up on one half of your tree, this may be influenced by the alternate row middle spray during this time period. Uh, you know, so just keep that in mind. I always advocate for at least doing a complete spray during the bloom period, but I understand why people do the alternate row middle, but I'm just putting the word out that if you see a break in fungicide efficacy or a fungicide failure, particularly on half your tree, think about this week because the temperatures and the, and the conditions with rain are perfect. So, so that's it for me for the diseases about fire blight and apple scab. So I will go next into Dr. Shoup's um, uh, information that he wanted to share today. So this is what he sent to me to share. So this is, um, he said, some apple growers in Southern PA are observing the beginning of petal fall as of Wednesday, May 4th. Temperatures are forecast to be cool and suboptimal for chemical thinning until next Tuesday. So next Tuesday, I believe is uh, May 10th. Some orchards had cold injury to flower buds that reduced flower numbers and vitality. Growers with low flower density should consider waiting to thin and use this time to fine tune their assessment of crop potential and fruit growth. What to do if your orchard had some bud damage, but initial set seems strong and you need to thin. He suggests that you wait to thin until it warms up next week. 
then use the lower end of the effective range of rates appropriate for the varieties you are thinning. If carbaryl is one of your thinners, mix it at a rate of one pint per 100 gallons in the tank or one pint per acre if you spray at 100 gallons per acre. Since carbaryl has limited solubility in water, this provides the full response to the carbaryl without depositing additional carbaryl on the leaves, which can provide additional thinning throughout rewetting in days the following thinning. If you want a more conservative approach, he says only spray difficult varieties at first and leave easily thin varieties and young trees until a later time. Okay, so that is Dr. Shoup's update. And so Dr. Kroftcheck's update for today, it's very similar to last week with a few bit of extra nuggets of wisdom. So this is what he says. The 2022 Biofix for red banded leaf roller was established on March 17th, spotted tentaform leaf miner on April 7th and oriental fruit moth on April 13th. Biofixes for codling moth or tufted apple bud moth are not yet established although based on the heat unit accumulations, and that's degree day base 50, we expect the flights of codling moth and tufted apple bud moth to begin before this coming weekend. As for the management of OFM, that's oriental fruit moth, in the Biglerville area, the egg hatch of OFM and the best timing to control OFM is happening basically right now. Since for many South Central PA locations, it is still a bloom time on apples, insecticide application on apples will need to wait until complete petal fall. However, they are warranted now on stone fruit. Control of plum curculio, stink bugs, and or tarnished plant bug should also be considered when choosing the most effective OFM management strategy. A sale or avant, should provide good control of all species in this group of pests. A sale will additionally provide good control of aphids, including rosy apple aphid, European apple softfly, and leaf miners. Imidan at three pounds or higher rate is also an effective plum curculio option, but since it is an organophosphate product, at some places due to the mostly marketing restrictions, Imidan should not be used. So beware of where you're using imidan. It is also a perfect time to control white peach scale on stone fruit. Movento, Esteem, or Centaur are good choices for this treatment. And just as a reminder, most likely white peach scale, they are crawling at this point. That's why it's a good time to, go, to kill them. If hand-applied mating disruption materials, that's isomate or sidetrack products, are planned for the control of OFM, codling moth, dogwood boar, peach tree boar, or lesser peach tree boar, now is the last time to place mating disruption dispensers in the orchard. Positioning all mating disruption dispensers as high within the tree canopies as possible will help achieving the best control of targeted pests. Remember folks, mating disruption needs to be applied at the highest part of the tree. That is what's most important for mating disruption. All pheromone traps for monitoring fruit pests, except traps for oblique banded leaf roller and peach tree borer, should be already placed in the orchards. The oblique banded leaf roller and peach tree, tree borer traps should be added within two weeks after the bloom of apples. 
Hey everyone, Don here. Doing some edits right now, and I wanted to remind everyone that with the current ban on Lures ban, it's really important that you do use mating disruption to get rid of some of those borers. Uh, they're really our only control option at this point, so if you are going to use some mating disruption, make sure you take Greg's advice and, and use them in the proper timing. Thanks. So that is the latest from all three specialists. Any questions, Don, that I may have provoked while reading off quickly off all this these nuggets of wisdom today? Uh, no, I think everything was pretty straightforward. Hopefully, folks that were listening to this, you know, got a good feel for kind of what they need to be keeping an eye out on. Hopefully, uh, I know I'm going to be editing this today and people won't be able to come to my meeting tonight just from <laughs> listening to this. Uh, but if you do have questions, please, please, please join us for the spring orchard meetings that we have going on. When is the next one? Friday? Tomorrow? Yeah, we've got one this evening <laughs> yep. and in Berks County uh, at Kime Orchards. And then we have one tomorrow in Ridgetop Orchards in uh, Bedford County. That's in Fishertown, Pennsylvania. Tomorrow. And that's, that's May 5th. So if you're listening to this on May 5th and you're local to Fishertown, go yep. go to the tree fruit meeting. There. Yep. And then we've got three more next week. We've got on Tuesday, on May 10th, we've got Elysburg in Pennsylvania that uh, I can't remember which county that's in. <laughs> that's in, like in the north, semi-quasi northeastern part of the state. Uh, then the next day we are in Wexford, Pennsylvania. So that's right outside of Pittsburgh. And then we are in Erie, Pennsylvania next Thursday. And so just as another quick reminder for those of you who may be in various shades of bloom or even pink bud, just as an alert, if you're in pink bud and not in bloom yet, the further we get into May, the greater your risk for fire blight increases because that's when the warmer temperatures are coming about. Um, so just be on alert from here on out with regards to fire blight conditions. It's nothing to mess around with. That's my final nugget of wisdom. Awesome. Good stuff, Gary. Uh, with that, I will sign off. Thanks everyone again for joining us. Hopefully I'll get this into your hands pretty quick. Um, all right. Have a good one. Say yep. goodbye. Say, see you later. Bye. Thanks.